0: I have been to Israel 45 times, and my spiritual life has been blessed and deepened by each visit. Before I went the first time back in 1979 I was told that a pilgrimage to the Holy Land would transform the Bible for me from black and white into technicolor. And you know what? It did. Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. I want to welcome my colleagues Tim Moore and Nathan Jones on the set today. Nathan is our internet evangelist, and Tim. Is our Associate Evangelist, and my designated successor who is slated to take over the leadership of this ministry in September of 2021. Welcome, fellas. Glad to have you on the set today. Nathan has been to Israel with me many times. And since 2016 when my wife became too ill for me to travel, Tim has been the host of our Israel Pilgrimages. Tim, how about welcoming everyone to Israel?
1: I'm here at the Tel Aviv Airport in the ancient city of Lod where millions of people come every year to stream to the land of Israel. Millions of Jews obviously come through this airport, returning to their ancient homeland. You know the prophet Isaiah said in chapter 43, starting in verse 5, Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, Give them up. And to the south, Do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters From the ends of the earth. And the Lord has been fulfilling that prophecy. In just the last hundred years, Jews have been streaming from every corner of the earth. Actually, He did have to say to the north and to the south, do not hold them back. And we'll talk more about that later. But at the turn of the 20th century in 1900, there were only 40,000 Jews in all of Israel. At the end of World War II, there were only 650,000 Jews in Israel. And today, over half the Jews in the world live here. In Israel, over 6 million. You know Scripture says that when the Jews come back to this land they'll do so in disbelief. And surely enough they have. But the other promise of God was that He would miraculously deliver them to their ancient homeland, the land of Israel. One of the miracles is that other nations of the world let them return to Israel. Another miracle is that the Jewish people themselves have been motivated to come home to Israel. But through it all the promises of God have been fulfilled. We are witnessing prophecy fulfilled with our own eyes. Come to Israel, see for yourself all the Lord is doing in our own day and age.
0: Phyllis, I cannot begin to tell you how many pastors over the years have said to me, why should I go to Israel? What How would that benefit my ministry? How would that enrich my sermons in any way? What is your answer to that?
1: Well, I think you already answered it to a degree, Dave, when you said it brings the Scripture itself from black and white to technicolor. It gives them an appreciation for the very land about which they are discussing, or talking, preaching, if they go to the Word of God. And it actually gives them insights into how He is fulfilling Bible prophecy in our own day and age. Yeah.
2: Well, to me I was amazed how many little things that you don't realize when you pick up the Bible? You read about them taking days to go one place to another, but then you can stand in some valleys and and you know, it's only an hour drive in a bus. Or uh, you go to say the Dead Sea and, and you see how dead it is, but then you read the story of how how Lot uh, was chose that land because it was so beautiful, and you're like, <laughs> and it becomes an object lesson to the wrath of God. Works. You can go to Mount Carmel and you can look out over the uh, Valley of Jezreel where Armageddon's going to be, and you realize. In the future, there's going to be a major, major battle here. So you can read it and you can have it intellectually, but I think what going to Israel does is it takes that, it makes it real, and it moves it into your heart. It makes the Bible
0: real. One of the things it certainly does is give you a feel for distances. Uh, You know, when it talks about Mary and Joseph going from Nazareth to to Jerusalem, you don't really have a feel for that distance until you go over there and see, wow, you mean they walked that distance? Yeah, 80 miles. Three or four days to to do that, and there were bandits along the way and all Lions? This there yeah. used to be
2: lions <laughs> running around there?
1: Obviously, we, we believe that the Word of God has the power to change lives, uh, to, to teach yeah. into people's hearts. But when you go to Israel, you experience the very things you've been reading about. And my own experience many times I stood at a place in Israel and thought, I just belong here because I've read
0: so much about it, I've thought and studied so much, and now to see it. I had one of our pilgrims write me one time after he had been there and said, You know, I was just reading in the Bible this morning and I read about Capernaum, and he said, it's no longer just a Name on a page. I was there. I saw yeah. it. I know how it smells. I know where it is. Yes, it it, it brings it alive to me. It brings it alive. Another That's thing exactly it does right. is it impresses upon people the fact that all of these sites mentioned in the Bible are real sites. And even though some people who like to disparage the Bible over the years have said, "Well, those sites never existed," I can remember. I can't remember this, but I've read about it back in the eighteen hundreds. You know, I know I'm getting old, but back in the eighteen hundreds. Uh, there were scholars who said that uh, Capernaum and Bethsaida and Chorazin didn't even exist. That this is all myth. And then suddenly, all of them were discovered. All of these places have been discovered. They're real places. You go to the Book of Mormon. It talks about all these cities all over this uh, this continent that have never, never been found because no. they were fairy tales. Well,
1: and even in recent years, just since I've been leading groups to Israel some of the sites that we now visit are newly found. That's right. So, we go to Magdala because it was found just a few years ago
0: and has become one of the places we start. Well, now one of the points that I like to make is that uh, when we go take a group to Israel, we spend a day in Tel Aviv. 90% or more of all groups get off the plane, get on a bus, they're dead tired, they ride for three or four hours to get to a hotel near Caesarea Maritime on the sea or up to the all the way to Tiberias. Yes. Why do we spend a day in Tel Aviv?
1: We spend a day in Tel Aviv because Tel Aviv has great significance to the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. There you go. In 1948, when Israel became a new nation in one day, fulfilling the word of Isaiah. That happened in Tel Aviv. So we go to the Independence Hall, if you will, of Israel, where David Ben Gurion declared, "We are creating the modern and state you're right of Israel." And are
0: there where modern Bible prophecy was fulfilled. Yes, you are.
2: And when you go to Tel Aviv, and you probably experience this since you go so often, is that every time you go the city's bigger and yes. bigger and oh. bigger and it's a testament to aliyah the, the prophecy that jesus would bring the jews back to israel again i, I mean just the technological and and architectural advancements in just 10 years it'll blow your mind and it continues to grow it and You also
0: uh, come to an understanding of a statement that the israelis make about their major cities all the time and because tel aviv is a very very secular city oh, yes, and yes. so the israelis say you go to tel aviv to play you go to haifa to stay you go to jerusalem to pray, And boy, Haifa is beautiful. You go there, you want to stay. Jerusalem, you pray.
1: Well, and there is other Other aspects of that night's visit, their stay that we have in Tel Aviv, we also go to Joppa, or Jaffa, which already harkens back to the Old Testament. That's where suburb of Tel Aviv. Suburb of Tel Aviv. That's where timbers were brought to create and build the temple. Obviously, it also played into the New Testament. That's where Peter went and stayed at the home of Simon the Tanner, and it also plays into the modern history of Israel. So really, there's an overlapping of the old and the new, even in Jaffa
0: is one of the oldest cities in the world, and yet Tel Aviv the very first city was uh, uh, house was not built until the early 1900's. Yes. And yet today it is a huge metropolis.
2: And you're going to want to see the little fountain with the whale. I mean I that's where Jonah <laughs> embarked <laughs> as he tried to run yes, away from another God.
0: part of what happened at Joppa. Yes. That's yes. right. Well, I think the problem is that most groups know nothing or little or nothing about Bible prophecy, so they see no significance to Tel Aviv, and they just want to, so where, where was Jesus, you know. Yeah, it's where the airport but, is. But boy, yeah. to go to that Independence Hall is really something.
1: It really is. And I think you just hit on an aspect of Of what our pilgrimage trip is all about. And that is emphasizing Bible prophecy and its fulfillment even before our very eyes. Dave, you said one time a gentleman said to you, he wished he could live in Bible times. And our answer is you do. You do live in Bible times. If you want to see the fulfillment of Bible prophecy come to Israel with us and witness it with your
0: own eyes. Now, one of the points that we try to make over and over is that our trips to Israel are not tours. They are pilgrimages. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, they're not
1: tours, and really, they're not vacations either. Uh, So when we go to Israel, I tell people, you're going on a spiritual adventure or a spiritual journey. We are pilgrims following in the footsteps of Jesus, as is the title of our primary uh, trip that we take. But you're not a tourist, and we're not there just to go to tourist sites. And sometimes tours kind of tend toward that uh, Mm -hmm. that element. We are there to understand what the Bible is showing us and what we can glean from our reading of Bible. History and that means that every site day.
0: that we go to, when the guide gets through talking about the historical nature of it, you take over and you start talking about the spiritual importance, exactly. the biblical importance, and the future importance, if yes, there sir. is any. Yes, sir. Exactly so. Yeah. So, it's, it's truly a spiritual pilgrimage. It is. And people are often are drawn much closer to the Lord than they ever have been before, I'll tell you.
1: Well, and actually when we are preparing to go to Israel we always emphasize we want our pilgrims to be prayerful for a period of months, preparing their hearts. We want them to read the Bible itself and other books so that they are prepared
0: for. Always what the tell Lord them to get some exercise too, and, and I, get <laughs> a lot of exercise. Because yes. Israel is all up and down, up and down. I tell people, the Bible says, "Look up, the <laughs> <Your> redemption <laughs> yes. is drawing near." I said, "In Israel, if you look up." Your redemption is immediate because (laughs) Because you're on the (laughs) ground. You're going to be falling down. Yes, sir. Well, well, uh, very quickly, what are some of your favorite places in Israel? Oh, I I have a favorite each and
1: every day. I love going to Mount Carmel where Elijah battled with the prophets of Baal. One of my favorite places has to be the Mount of Olives. Because standing on the Mount of Olives you can look down upon the Eastern Gate, you know this is where the Lord is going to return, where His foot is going to touch ground. And so, you can envision all the things that are going to transpire in that very location. Nathan.
2: Tiberius, there uh, is something so restful as being on the Sea of Galilee, and what surprises how small it is. It's yes. only eight by thirteen. So at night you can see the lights dotted all around Jesus it. You understand why Jesus loved love
0: that area so yes. much. It's, it's so, so peaceful, beautiful, so yeah. peaceful. And uh, I would have to agree with you. Of all the places in there, I think that Mount of Olives. When I stand there and I look out over the Temple Mount, I understand why. The Bible says this is the center of the universe. Oh, this yes. is what it's all about. Uh, this is where Jesus came, it's where He's returning. You can just feel it that this is a supernatural place. It's it's really something. So, uh, and of course the other place that's very special to me is the Garden Tomb. Oh, oh yeah. and uh, wow. So, okay folks we're going to take a, a break here and we'll be back in just a moment.
2: Tim Lion Ministries proudly presents the Introduction to the Holy Land Tour. Join host Tim Moore as he spends 12 wonderful days leading this Holy Land pilgrimage. We focus on sites that are related to the life of Jesus and His Second Coming. The tour originates in Dallas or Newark and visits such places as Tel Aviv, Tiberias, Chorazin, Capernaum, the Jordan River, Nazareth, the Dead Sea, Bet-Shean, And it ends up in Jerusalem for several days to tour the traditional sites and mountains that will help you and your family have a better understanding of God's Holy Word. Lamb and Lion Ministries also offers a battle tour of Israel. During this pilgrimage, you will visit key battle sites from the Old and New Testament periods, the modern-day nation of Israel, prophesied future battles, and today's spiritual battles. This is not just a tour. It is a spiritual experience designed to bring the Bible alive to you and draw you into a closer relationship with the Lord. For an itinerary, registration information, photos, details, and more, please visit our website at lamblion.com, or call the number you see on the screen from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday.
1: Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy, and our discussion about experiencing the Holy Land. Tim, you
0: mentioned the Holy Land. I did. I was uh, mentioning that one time in a presentation, and a man jumped up and confronted me and said, why do you call that the Holy Land? There's nothing holy about it. Well,
1: it's actually the Word of God that calls it the Holy Land. That's right. If we go to Zechariah <laughs> chapter 2, verse 12, it says, the Lord will possess Judah as His portion in the Holy Land. And will again choose Jerusalem. So it's the Word of God that says. Holy real estate on
0: planet Earth, it's referred to as the Holy Land. The only place in in the world. The word holy means set apart. Yes. So what does this mean, the Holy Land?
1: Well, obviously, the Holy Land is is not holy in the sense that right now it is sanctified, everyone there is holy, or the the policies of the government (laughs) are holy. But we know that God has selected and set it apart. He has chosen the Jewish people, He has declared that will be their homeland forever. And so it is set apart for his purpose, for his people. And we know that that's where he's going to come and reign in Jerusalem on Mount Zion. So it is set apart for that purpose, most certainly.
0: It also says that in eternity, God's going to come and dwell with us in a new Jerusalem. In a new yeah. Jerusalem, okay. yes. So oh. it is holy because it is set apart for him. It also says that it's not only holy, it says it's sort of the center of the nations. Yes. And uh, it certainly was at that time when all the oh nations God. came through there, but even today, Give oh. me mean, this tiny little country, only 300 miles long, 75 miles wide, and something happens there, it's on the, the headlines of all the countries.
2: Yes. Center of the universe, as <laughs> God go. calls there it. You.
0: Well, uh, let me get to the next question here, and that is that, uh, uh, Nathan, why don't you do it?
2: Sure. Because uh, what been, after seeing that commercial about the battle tour, obviously there's been lots of battles in Israel, yes. ancient battles all the way up to modern battles. And so we have a separate pilgrimage just for you call it the battle tour. Do you have to have real big interest in military? Is, is it just military battles? What is the purpose of that
1: no, tour? No, the, the battle tour really yeah. you don't have to have any interest in the military. As a matter okay. of fact when I described this to my wife who really has no interest in the military <laughs> yeah. she said, that sounds fascinating to me. I think it is fascinating. Well, but. obviously for many of our pilgrims who have gone to Israel before sometimes two or three or four times we are always trying to keep that experience fresh. And that is why we have new sites that we go to, new places that have been discovered, and, and people can experience and keep the, the regular footsteps of Jesus' pilgrimage fresh. But I realize some folks would like to have a different kind of themed experience. And so, throughout Israel there are battle sites from the Old Testament, quite frankly from the New Testament. Obviously, some of them are spiritual yeah, battle what sites. what are some
2: of those places that make it different from our basic footsteps? Well,
1: today? on the battle for Israel tour, for instance we go to the valley where David fought Goliath. Oh,
2: and yeah, you can valley stand in a place, yeah. the
1: Valley of Elah, and you can stand in one place and read from Scripture. The description of the geography, and you can recognize I am within a stone's throw <laughs> of <Literally>. where this <laughs> and took and place. But everybody always wants I mean, a stone. And been, everybody and wants it. it's been picked clean of stones. <laughs> well, I think they bring in a double <laughs> of, of new <laughs> stones every few years just to replenish them in the brook that is still there. Uh-huh. But you read the ge- geographic description and you think, I am here. And it is a demonstration over the course of that entire pilgrimage that God has provided and preserved his people. Throughout time, in the Old Testament, through the New Testament, in the modern era, we do talk about some of the modern battles that Israel has endured, proving that the miraculous providence of God delivering the Jewish people in 1967, in 1973, obviously in the wars of independence that started in 1948, Mm -hmm. they prove that only God, through his miraculous providence, could preserve and protect this people. And that's the same thing he has promised us. He will preserve and protect us. And so really it is another demonstration of God's ability to provide for us and keep His promises. And we also emphasize the fulfillment of Bible prophecy in those battles yet to come.
0: Oh, yeah. I was going to say, looking to the future. Always looking to the future as well. You know that is one of my favorite places in Israel is to go up on top of the monastery that is. That is on top of Mount Carmel. Yes. And look out over the valley of Armageddon, the valley of Jezreel. Wow.
1: And just imagine all what the things that transpire there. Yes, sir. <laughs> Multitudes, multitudes, multitudes,
2: in the valley, in the valley, of, of, valley
0: decision. of decision. Yes. when
2: you read about the Old Testament how God would miraculously save them when there were overwhelming forces against them, and then you see the battles today where it seems like the it is 20 to 1 ratio of, of enemies against the Jews dying versus Jews, stories where missiles were about to hit them and then they swerve off or yes. planes suddenly crashing. I mean, God said that He has got Michael the Archangel protecting Israel. Yes. And clearly, as you go around Israel that, that becomes very evident. Right? There
1: is a little overlap to our existing pilgrimage because okay. we are still going to go to the Mount of Olives. We are still going to go to yeah. Mount Carmel. Yeah. There are a few yeah. sites that do overlap, right. but there are a lot of sites that are new and different. Well, you know
0: uh, as a retired Colonel from the Air Force yeah. I am sure you are always fascinated by that Air Force base in the Valley of Armageddon that is underground. Well, well, a secret place, Runways and suddenly a plane just comes out from underground, or it lands and it is immediately underground. Yes, sir, I am yeah.
1: fascinated by that. We actually go to the Air Force Museum, if you will, down in Beersheba, and we talk about some of the aspect of the Air Force. Obviously, I do have a great affinity. My own doctoral paper, if you will, for the Air Force War College dealt with Israel's 1967 air battle, which is still being studied as a classic example of a perfect air battle.
0: Now, not only have you come up with the innovative idea of the battle tour, which has proved so successful but you also came up with another idea called the Millennial Kingdom Scholarship. Where would you get that idea come from, and what is it?
1: The Millennial Kingdom Scholarship is a a program designed to invigorate our outreach to young people. A few years ago one of our pilgrims, who happened to be one of our board members, had to cancel at the last moment due to health reasons. But the trip had already been paid for. And I felt terrible that his money was already invested. He said, take someone else bless them and take someone. As a matter of fact, take a young person, Uh. and he had uh, paid for two trips. So, we took two young men on very short notice, and it was such a blessing to them, and really they were such a blessing to the rest of our group, that it created an idea. And there are other programs that have kind of sprouted up in recent years, but we decided what a tremendous opportunity to pay it forward, and to allow our supporters, our prophecy partners and others, to invest in the next generation of young fruit bearers. And so, we have a scholarship program where we go through a list of nominees, and we select young people who will gain from this experience the ability to share with their peers what they have seen, what they have experienced in Israel, and will begin to understand all that is going to come to pass in their own lifetime. And so, we have a number of people who have invested and basically what we do is we tell a young person who is selected, a young millennial. Like that between the ages of. Between the ages of 18 and 29 basically. Okay, okay. And we tell them we will pay the, the lion's share of the cost for you to go to Israel. There is a small co-payment because we want them to have some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And but it is very small. Yeah. But it is very small. They have to get to Dallas where we depart and then from that point on everything is covered. And, and the blessing that this becomes is not only for that young person. But having a group of young people, this next June, when we travel, this coming June, I'm going to have four Millennial Kingdom scholars. And I expect them to invigorate the rest of our group. So, really it's a blending of young people and our more experienced Mm -hmm. pilgrims, and sharing their wisdom and maturity. And so, it has become a great avenue for, again, reaching into the next
0: generation. Wow. Well, so we need uh, not only applicants for that, but we also need uh, donors for
1: it. Well, we certainly do. And quite frankly, if you're watching this program today and you have wondered, how could I give to the future generation? How could I invest in those who will be following along? Well, I use an ancient uh, Jewish proverb to say, if you think the world's going to end tomorrow, plant a tree today. <laughs> and that's not just a literal tree, although that's a good idea. It means to raise up young fruit bearers. And so, if the Lord stays is coming, we want young people to continue to share this message with a generation that is straying by leaps and bounds. But as we raise up young fruit bearers, we will continue to emphasize the soon return of Jesus Christ. So, if you are watching this program and wonder how you could pay it forward, you can give to the Millennial Kingdom Scholarship. Obviously, we look for young people to be nominated. But we would welcome your involvement, your partnering with this program to, again, pay it forward,
0: and raise up young fruit bearers for the Lord. Well, uh, Tim, as you were talking, I, a lot of things were going through my mind, the memories of the 45 trips I've made over there. Yes. And one of the things that I thought about was the fact that in the 1980's when I'd take groups over there was no place to baptize them in the ba- Jordan River. Mm-hmm. We'd just pull over mm-hmm. the side of the road, and we'd pull all the <laughs> curtains down on the bus, and all the men would get off, and the women would change clothes. And we'd go down and we'd baptize them while the men would get on. They would change clothes. And I'm down in the river waiting for everybody. And by the time I would baptized everybody, now I'm not kidding, I could not move because I had <laughs> sunk down in the mud so far they would have to throw a rope and pull me out of the Jordan River. I can imagine. Today, well, today is quite different. Is... Tell them about how different it is today. Today there is a beautiful baptismal site just south of the Sea of Galilee. Yeah, just where it, the, the river comes the out.
1: The river comes out. It is beautiful. You talk about picturesque. Oh. It is one of the most beautiful Yardinette. places. Yardinete. Yeah. yes. Yeah. And we baptize there. And the beautiful thing as well as just the vision is to see people from all over the world, all the tribes world. and tongues and nations. They nation have changing streaming. rooms.
2: They uh, have changing gals. rooms.
1: <laughs> hey, they have water glosses too. So <laughs> you're sinking. In them, fact, sure uh, tell them what those. happened
0: to you at really? the last time you were there. The the, the couple that uh, the last uh, I...
1: time I was there, as we were baptizing our pilgrims, a young lady who happened to be Spanish speaking came and asked if she could be baptized. She spoke very little English, and I had the privilege of baptizing her and then her husband, who spoke no English. <laughs> communicated that he wanted to be baptized. And I'll probably never see this young couple again until we meet again in Heaven. But what a privilege it was to be a part of the Lord's family all around the world there at Yard and
2: Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our discussion of Experiencing the Holy Land. We'd like to share with you a few testimonials from pilgrims who have gone to Israel with us recently.
1: The visit that we had to the Sea of Galilee I absolutely loved. It was early in the morning, the sun was coming up, the weather was perfect. You could look around you and see the hillsides of where the people would have been gathered to hear Jesus preach. You could see them coming out with their fishing boats from the shore. You could just sense the whole surroundings. You weren't trapped by our modern conveniences. You were in a fishing boat with the wind blowing on you. And it was
0: just, it was just beautiful.
1: The highlight is, is being where Jesus was uh, or in the proximity of where you know we, we were very confident that he was. It's almost impossible to, to not just feel extremely moved by it, to feel the, the presence of
2: God with you. It's really a, an awe-inspiring thing.
0: Definitely being
1: baptized in the Jordan. It's just a, a moment, just being baptized where Jesus had been baptized. And I love the Sea of Galilee. The boat ride over, you know, and then we're interacting with the people on the boat and they're showing us their dance and and they raise the American flag. Just being there where Jesus had been, it's like overwhelming.
2: One of the areas that, uh, that we went was the, the Western Wall, the Wailing Wall. Going there, you know, the, the men went to the, the their location, the women went to their side, and seeing most of the men coming off that wall with tears coming down their face, that was my moment.
1: I've had a lot of special moments, I think. Just seeing all of it, I mean, just the Garden of Gethsemane and the Eastern Gate and the place where you walk over the stones where Jesus walked, I thought that was pretty special and how we all sang there.
0: Well, folks, that's our program for today. I hope it's been a blessing to you, and I hope the Lord willing that you will be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near.
2: Did you know that End Time Bible Prophecy focuses on Israel? And thus, if you want to understand what is going on in the world today, and what is going to happen in the immediate future, you need to know what the Bible says about the Jewish people and their nation. Dr. Reagan's book, Israel and Bible Prophecy, Past, Present, and Future, presents a sweeping overview of what the Bible says about Israel and the Jewish people in the end times. The book looks first at four end time prophecies fulfilled before the beginning of the 20th century, specifically the dispersion of the Jewish people worldwide, their persecution wherever they went, the miraculous preservation, and the desolation of their land. Then Dr. Reagan shifts his attention to the seven prophecies that were fulfilled in whole or in part during the 20th century. The regathering of the Jews to their homeland, the reestablishment of the State of Israel, the revival of the Hebrew language, the reclamation of the land of Israel, the resurgence of the Israeli military, the reoccupation of the city of Jerusalem, and the refocusing of world politics on Israel. Finally, Dr. Reagan concludes the book by focusing on the end time prophecies yet to be fulfilled among the Jewish people. The book can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen or place your order through our website at lamlion.com. And as a bonus, we will send you a complimentary copy of Dr. Reagan's DVD, The Middle East Crisis in Biblical Perspective. Ask for offer number 914.